All right. We are back with another episode of The Checkup. My name is always Brenton. A little podcast where I get to sit down with friends, talk about their childhood things and how those things move into their adulthood things. Usually it's just a really cool conversation uh, about things that probably people forget about. They, they don't get a chance to think about them enough and we that's a problem, I think. That's definitely a problem. Today is a special episode because I'm sitting down with two of my friends. Uh, and I've, 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 well, one of them I've known since I was a, a wee lad. I think I was 18. I think so. Yeah. I met you one night. You came bowling with us. Showed up and we became friends. We did. So that talking right now is Brooke. Hi. How are you, Brooke? I'm great. How are you, Brenton? I'm always good. Like I say, every time, when people ask me how I'm going, I'm like, I'm, I'm excellent because I'm sitting down talking to people. It's the best. <laughs> we also have Dane. How are you, mate? I'm sensational and thanks for asking. No, man, like, it's a, it's a blessing to come and do this. It really is. Looking forward to it. All right, well, I always start asking the same thing. What was for lunch today? Henny Penny. Yeah, we went to Henny Penny. We had some chicken. Dry chicken. It was really dry, but um, the chips were good. But, yeah, we went shopping um, to buy dinner for tonight and we thought, oh, we need something for lunch. So we just stopped in at this local chicken place called Henny Penny. I think it's only part of, like, up in Newcastle, isn't it? It is a very Hunter Valley thing, yeah. Yeah, it's a very Hunter Valley thing. Yep. It's, and it's getting rarer and rarer because they keep shutting them down. It's the dry chicken. It's, it's probably the dry chicken. The, 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 the fried sauce. pieces are very dry, I've found. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can't compare it to the Colonel's chicken. Just can't compare it. No. Yeah, it's always uh, weirdly dry. The funny thing about Henny Penny, when I was in WA, there's a guy over there that owned a few of the chicken places and his like business was called Henny Penny. But right. he owned other chicken places. So I don't know if that's linked or not. Um, and I was noticed the other day at KFC, I was looking there and, and like the chicken cookers have Henny Penny written on them. Oh so again, I no don't way. know if that's a weird brand because Henny Penny's a pretty chicken related. Well, Henny Penny used to be, didn't it used to be a children's book as well? And I, I think Penny you're right. And he'd go, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Yeah, no, I think I think there is a, a thing there about Henny Penny and chickens that's been around for a long time, so it's not just isolated to the not, yeah. dry chicken. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else from Henny Penny that you like eating? The chips are all right. The They're chips good chips. Chips and oh, gravy. Chips are yeah. Good. yeah, they are good. So good. I usually get a dinner, one of the... Uh, Four meals, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Get the roast chicken and veggies. Well, considering we've got it up the road, we really don't go there very often. We just, KFC is where it's at, Hungry Jack's. And I notice there's a new KFC up at the roundabout it here. sure is. Wow. That, that opened probably within the month of us getting up here. So I'd like to think we're partially responsible <laughs> for that. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are coming to the Thornton, we better put a KFC in. Got to yep. keep them here, right? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, so the meat of this podcast is, is talking about when we were little. Uh, I want you guys to uh, take us back and tell me about your bedrooms when you were 10. Can you remember that far back, mate? Yes, I can. How are you going, Brooke? Do you want to go first? He's calling you old. <laughs> no, no, no. No, we're the same I age, do. aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
you remember yours? Yeah, I can. Um, well, I my bedroom would have been like covered in things like Rainbow Bright and um, like Barbies. I loved Barbie, so everything would have been Barbie. You know, Barbie bedspread, Barbies everywhere. So you had a, a pretty big Barbie collection. I had a huge Barbie collection, massive Barbie collection. How many Barbies? Oh, I used to have one of those big, you know, those big whiz bins. And it was just full of like Barbies and Kens and their accessories. And I had the Barbie bus and the Barbie house and anything that went with Barbie. I just had that. Like she had a better life than what I have now. <laughs> like, oh my God, she was going places. Like she, she had a horse, she had dogs. She could be any career that she wanted to be, you know, like she was great. Where's all your Barbies now? They're um, still probably in that container at my mother's house and they probably have been eaten by rats now. You reckon? So yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Ah. I know. I even had a Michael Jackson doll which was like looking like a Barbie and he'd switch on like this thing on the back and his like earrings would light up. And I used to think, like after he died, I was like, oh, how much would that be worth now? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe she'd go diving back into that barrel and see if there's anything left. Oh. So she would. I had a talking Barbie too. You'd push the back and she's like, shopping's so much fun. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is so like commercial. Like they just want they just want the kids to go and spend more money. <laughs> they go, Mum, can you buy me the Barbie? And then the Barbie tells you to go and buy more things. It was very much Malibu Stacy, you know, like in The Simpsons when they push like, I'm just a girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else was going on in the bedroom? Um, I shared a bedroom with my sister growing up, so we had bunk beds, and I remember, like, her, like, because our beds were, one went one way and mine went the other way, like, they weren't just one underneath the other. So, for her to get up into her bed, she had to step into on my bed to get up. It was many times she actually stepped on me to get into her own bed, so that was... Um, that's what siblings do. Yeah, that's what that is. And then every Christmas, she'd rearrange the room so she could see, like, what was going to be bought upstairs for, for Christmas, you know, she wanted to watch, you know, Santa coming and bring bringing the presents upstairs, so she would tell me, she'd go, oh, there's such and such going up, oh, there's a talking teddy bear going up for you, and I'm like, stop it, that's <laughs> from Santa, <laughs> but no, it was really good, it was fun sharing a room with my sister, because we, at night, we'd play a lot of, like, games, like, uh, we'd just make up games, like siblings do, we'd play, um, a game called the stop game where, like, you had to think of a, a, the alphabet in your head and, like, the other person would go stop and whatever letter you landed on, then, you know, somebody had to sing a song from that letter. Like, you'd land on F or something, so she had to make a song up starting with the letter F. And That's pretty creative, though. Yeah, we were that pretty creative. That was pretty cool. And she used to win a lot of um, skill tester teddy bears, so we'd play the skill tester game where... Um, the aim was to get the ostrich, so we'd be throwing skill-tested teddy bears at each other and, you know, so the other one would duck down and try and get the ostrich from it. And <laughs> we were pretty creative. <laughs> she was. I wasn't. I just went along with all her ideas. Yeah. Dana, what about you, mate? Uh, yeah, okay, age 10. Um, lots of Star Wars, Transformers, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, Lego. Yeah, Lego. My big things. And... Uh, one thing that it was always about with me was I remember getting this table, like it was a really old school table and I remember like my parents helping me make like clear some room in my room so I could put it up against the wall. So like if I'd actually build these Lego um, spaceships, cars, trucks, whatever, you could always have them all displayed. But then I'd get bored, pull all them apart and then I'd want to set up these big Star Wars displays with my figures and ships and that. Like 
I mean, sometimes, of course, you need the Empire versus the Rebels, but sometimes you might just go, right, everything which is a robot is going to go against everything which is an animal. (laughs) (laughs) Mix it up. Mix it right up. Exactly. And I remember one Christmas getting the um, the AT-ST, you know, for Christmas, and that was just the pinnacle of what I am, is we couldn't get the AT-AT in Australia at the time. And, um, yeah, I just used to remember loving this table because I could, like, not only play on it, but I could set everything up in these, like, battles or formations or whatever you want to call it. And then I could get excited at school the next day so I could come home thinking, that's still there. I can add to that, you yeah. know, or change it. And birthdays and Christmases for me was just the best. You know, because obviously it was just more Star Wars, Transformers, you know. <laughs> uh, th- talking about Lego, what did you feel about the when, – like, when the Lego movie come out? I'm jumping, I'm jumping forward because obviously yeah. we were adults when that came out, but I just want to link it back to, to the childhood thing. You watched the Lego movie? Sure did. Yeah. Did it just like – Melt your brain and just take you back yep. to a, that that time frame. The spacemen, uh, Benny, Benny, yeah, Benny yeah, the yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Um, and he's got the broken. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but like his helmet, it's cracked. Yes, because they were all cracked yeah. after a while, weren't they? Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> but yeah, no, that, especially the spacemen. That was the biggest probably memory trigger for me in that because um, I knew what they were doing. I was always fascinated with the space ones. And I remember when those were all fairly new and then I remember when you'd discover that there'd be different um, colours for the space. Like, I think from memory, what, what was there? Black, white, red, blue? That's all I remember. I think they had a yellow one, maybe. Yeah, 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 possibly, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so it was um, yeah, quite a few memory triggers when that one came out. We had the medieval castle. I don't know if you guys remember the Lego meet. Do I do. Yeah, we had that. And the roads. We had the full-on roads that you'd join together and you'd drive along. I've got a young mate uh, that I met through the Legion. He has got a Lego room. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, you've got to see it. He's, he's, he's got all, the, like like you said, a castle and, and pirate boats. And he's got this custom, I'm pretty, I could be misspeaking here, but he's, he's building like custom... I want to say it's like a Lord of the Rings sort of castle yeah. and like the... That'd be awesome. It's on a, a mountain front sort of thing and it's just like crap everywhere. And I'm like, wow. And he's just built it out of like out of his brain. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because... Um, what's that series with Hamish? Um, Lego Masters. Yeah, okay. We're doing promos for that at the moment and they had, I can't remember, Brickman or something like that was getting interviewed the other just a couple of days ago. And he was saying that he's got this display he's touring with at the moment, and they've actually built life-size Jurassic Park, you know, the entry gates from the first movie. Yeah. And he said in his ultimate goal, he wants to build a life-size Tyrannosaurus Rex out of Lego. Life-size? Life-size. That'd be huge. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's not, it's not something you do overnight. <laughs> I reckon he'd do it, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was quite amazed when he was saying some of the things that they make have, like, say, six or seven different people working on it and it'll take, like, 6,000 hours, 1,500 hours, you yeah. know, and it's the mind boggles when you... Oh, that's crazy. Imagine dropping it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have any odd uh, collections? I used to collect snow globes. Is that odd? Yeah. No, that's... that's I, mean, I, don't, I don't say odd and mean that it's not good. No, but yeah, that was my that was my obsession. I used to get snow globes from everywhere, and it, all shapes and sizes, like everywhere I went. Like, you know, even like you'd go to like a shop around Newcastle, and you go, "Oh, it's a snow globe. I'll get that snow globe." And I had like thousands of them. And then one day I was like, "I'm over this. <laughs> just get rid of them all at once." Did you sell them? You just trashed them. I, I think I might have just thrown them in the bin. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Sorry. Any others? 
I used to be obsessed with cows. Everything was cow print. Okay. Everything yeah, that's had something. To be cow print. Yeah. And it got confusing when I had a cow print bag and I sat on the cow print bedspread and then I couldn't find my bag. Where the hell my bag gone? Cow camo. Yeah, everything was cow. And then, like, if I had little cows and I named them all things, and I used to name them after the ships from Titanic, like, so I had Carpathia and Britannia and Olympia. So. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you guys might learn something about each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was quite a weird kid. <laughs> Not at all. No, collecting things, uh, it really, it's who you are. You find something you love yep. and you, you you collect that shit and it makes you remember, I love this stuff. I suppose with me, aside from obviously the stuff I talked about before, I really got into WWF, back in the, you know, Hulk Hogan, Junkyard Dog, yep. Nikolai Volkov, all that sort of stuff. Um, they ended up releasing a set of like... Um, Cards, like collector's cards you could get. And like you'd buy a set, say they'd have three or four cards and a stick of like really awful tasting chewing gum and you trade with your mates and whatnot. And I remember there were 66 in the collection and it took quite a while. Like I was obsessed. You know, Any time I got pocket money, it was straight up to Joslin Street shops to you know get as many packets as I could, trade up and all that. And um, I remember getting to the point where, you know, as you get older, you start losing a lot of all that kid stuff and whatnot, but I could never bring myself to get rid of those cards. And I remember going through them one day, you know, I had my early 20s and I was missing one, it was the pile driver. I don't remember what number it was. Anyway, um, I'm pretty sure it was stolen off me and I'm pretty sure I know who did it, but anyway. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, I remember when I was in that, when we moved into Tungara Heights and just one day um, I was going through my cards and I thought, oh, gee, it'd be great if I could just get that replacement card. I'd gone to like that show where I told you I saw you at, I was even asking yep. there. No one had it. Then I looked up this one particular website. It was a new website. Wouldn't believe it. He specialised in 80s collector's cards and he was selling them as singles. So I got the one I was missing. Um, ended up buying like a ring binder folder and ordered some um, plastic, I guess you'd say, card holding sheets in it. Yeah, no, I've, I've, it actually, it's funny because obviously people our age, trading cards was such a big thing in the, yeah. the 80s and, and 90s. I've talked about cards a, a number of times with different people. Usually it's like uh, X-Men or myself, I had the Spider-Man set. Yeah, well, there you go. I yeah. had the Ninja Turtle ones. Yeah. You get that shitty bubble gum that you said, that, that little... It's like red... It tasted for like uh, 10 seconds. It was just a bit of rubber. Like yeah. Pretty sure. But the cards were awesome. Like, for 20 cents, you got, like, so many cards. Do you guys remember the card machines? It was like a vending yes. machine. And you, t you put a coin in and, and, and turn it. I remember going to Woolworths down at Jasmine, and you used to be able to, like, put one in and then half turn it and then jimmy it and you could just keep getting cards out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably... dream as a child? Yeah, I, <laughs> I was pretty uh, pretty chuffed with myself and nobody noticed. I, that's horrible. Stealing's not good. We don't steal. Well, I suppose when you were a child and you got no money though, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. What about uh, you'd wake up on a Saturday morning? Uh, what would populate your Saturday? What was breakfast? What was on the telly? I don't remember breakfast. The only real breakfast things I can remember, I was completely motivated on breakfast cereal dependent on the plastic toy that came in the box. Like, that's what I was always after. I would look for the toy on the box before I'd choose the flavour or cereal. So that was whatever it was at the time. Okay. Um, that's funny because I don't remember toys coming in cereal boxes. I don't remember that. Oh, man. That, yeah, yeah. Maybe I just wasn't, I wasn't bought the right cereal. 
for safety, <laughs> safety went out the um, out the window, I guess, after a, a while. I mean, sorry, safety had to get brought in. They stopped it for choking reasons because I'm not talking like there was some special section. Like you would just it's open in up the, the cereal. Pack, you would yeah, pour it, it out and a little toy like spaceman or something. <laughs> I didn't even collect them, but I just loved the idea of a toy in the cereal, you know. But as far as a week, Saturday morning, um, I used to play soccer. So that was usually a Saturday morning activity. But the biggest memory was just those Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Yeah. That was the epitome of my Saturday mornings. So like Top Cat? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Top Cat, the yeah, Flintstones, yeah, Flintstones the Jetsons. Jetsons, Speed Racer. Speed I don't know if it's Hanna Barbera or not, but oh, still. I think it was. It was still played. Saturday I think it mornings. was because it used to be on Agro's, like because all those ones moved to Agro's coming co- connection, like after the did they? Yeah, because um they bought in Saturday Disney, like they did too after yeah. a while, and that's what I grew up watching Saturday Disney. I love that, and then as I got older, they replaced that with like Saved by the Bell, and uh, what was that other one that we were talking about today? Sweet Valley High. Yeah, I remember that show. It was a bit after my time, but yeah, I do remember it being on, yeah. Awesome. Oh, um, I, I ate Cocoa Pops. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, so. I ate Cocoa Pops. They were awesome. Oh, the Cocoa Pops. Like, Flinny loves Cocoa Pops. He's, he's a Cocoa Pop fiend. Not they, all the time. They're good, but they do, like, after a while, they get soggy and. Oh, everything does. And then I find that you've got more milk than what you've got Cocoa Pops, so you sort of have to do like a little bit of a refill at the end. And then but hang on, it was the chocolate milk you had at the end, which was better than the actual Cocoa Pops themselves as far as I was concerned. That's I used right. to pour it into a glass and drink it. It was the best. Was but it you're always like going to end on second Cocoa Pops. Like when you've got just enough milk in there, like heaps of milk left, but like a little bit of soggy Cocoa Pops, you've just got to put a little, like a little scoop in. And it's like second Cocoa Pops. It's not a bad idea, actually. I didn't think of that. I used to actually try and get my cocoa pops in the spoon and then drain the milk back in. <laughs> just just so you've got that milkshake. I, I used to get more excited about the chalky milk than I did about the cocoa pops. <laughs> you know you could just get chocolate milk, right? <laughs> hey, I was a child. I wasn't buying anything. <laughs> I don't know. Were your parents like my parents where they wouldn't buy the chocolate milk, but they'd buy the yes. milk and then they'd buy the flavouring and then they'd put it together and then they'd go, oh, it's the same thing. It's like, it's not the same thing. <laughs> It's not the same thing. Yeah, so I never thought Milo was actually chocolate milk. <laughs> it's no. not the same thing. <laughs> I used to like, I loved Milo. I, I don't have it much anymore, but I would definitely put way more Milo than milk. Oh, have yeah, to. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the rules. <laughs> you put it in the microwave and you melt it and it just gets really nice and crispy on top. Well, you try and just get like a tablespoon, like a heaped tablespoon of Milo, put it in your mouth, but then it's too much, tickles back of your throat, <laughs> and cough and it all comes out. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over the kitchen bench. Mother comes in. What's this all about? <laughs> uh, my sister. <laughs> couldn't have been me. Not couldn't possibly have been. I'm an angel. <laughs> Do you remember what your first music album was that you bought? Yes. You, you, care, you care to elaborate there? You were like, yes. Well, the first few I was per- that were bought for me as Chrissy presents and whatnot were like various artists sort of ones. But the first one I ever actually bought was... I don't remember the title of it, but it was Noiseworks' um, first album on cassette. But the first album I ever actually went for buying, like, properly was on record. It was Poison, Open Up and Say Ah. I basically heard nothing but a good time on Rage one morning and life was different from that point <laughs> forwards. My musical taste, every life changed. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think about this question when I ask it. And it's like I, to start off asking it, it was just because I, you know trying to think of things that we did when we were younger but and I think this 
for you this question makes sense because I'm yeah. like, that first album, did it influence your musical life? Oh, yeah. So it did. <laughs> like, you were in a Metallica singlet, man. Like, yeah, we, yeah. we know where you're coming from. He's got a Metallica tattoo as well. He's covered it's in hidden. Metallica. <laughs> He's Metallica for life. I will get to tattoos anyway. later. Um, <laughs> what about you, Brooke? My first album that was bought for me was the Michael Jackson Bad album. I, th- I don't know. I must have been at five years old. I must have been a huge Michael Jackson fan. I don't even re- really remember it, but I just remember listening to that like over and over and over. And then I think once I got sick of that, it went to the Cabbage Patch album, Cabbage Patch Dolls album. But the first CD that was bought for me, I guess, uh, oh, it was Silverchair's Frog Stomp. And the first CD that I bought for myself was Oasis's What's the Story, Morning Glory. So Both great albums. Yeah, I love that album. I still listen to that album now. It's it is a great album. It's sort of very mellow. Do so. still release like EP, uh, EP's the the full album, isn't it? Or is that LP. the short? LP. LP's the full EP's album. The um like four or five track. Okay. Do they still release those? No. Bands. Yeah. They they do like Ooh. in metal bands do. Okay. Oh, do they? Not as often. Yeah. Not as often. So obviously with, with streaming and downloads, it's just, uh, just there's all the songs. You can pick whatever one you want. And you, you can, can just pick the single song well now. You don't even have to buy the whole album. Yeah. Well, that's downloading. the thing. Yeah, EPs have really started dropping off for that reason. But bands have still got albums, obviously. But it's just so much more common now for streaming. Say so they'll just go, we're dropping a song. Yeah. This isn't even going to be off the next album. This is something to listen to. It's just a song. the next one comes out. Yeah. 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 Especially uh, with like the pandemic i guess a lot of people like a lot of artists have, have been like writing a lot of a lot more um albums and everything so they'll release one album and then you know about three or four weeks later they'll go oh here's my second album in the pandemic and it's like okay like look at taylor swift two albums in the pandemic really yeah, that was a good effort <laughs> wow was it about relationships still don't don't go there with me <laughs> don't go there with me <laughs> she's talented though isn't she she's I very talented she's a and pretty, I, pretty switched that's what on I'm saying. don't you need to focus on the fact that she is a talent and not focus on the relationship side of things because there, a lot of people say oh, she's writing about her ex-boyfriends and everything. Uh, a lot of artists write about their exes. Oh, it's, look, it's, it's how many songs are about that? Like, exactly. Countless. Like, like you look at Pink as well. She doesn't get called out for it, but she wrote, like, her whole career is based off her marriage to Carrie Hart and her kids and everything. But no one ever kil- calls her out on it. But though. you know what the difference was? The social media aspect of things that's true and like live news so pink was what 90s 2000s oh yeah, 2000s. yeah, yeah. early 2000s yeah really early 2000s yeah, yeah so you didn't have that in your face media where they're like this person's dating that person they're not dating anymore you so in one respect you say that but in another respect you kind of did because look well at yeah, britney tr- trash magazines look at britney spears and how her her relationship with um justin timberlake was heavily publicized to oh the yeah. point that when she broke up with him she was like you know it, she was condemned for like you know breaking america's heart because she you know broken up with this boy and yeah. it's like you can't even just break up with someone yeah sorry no no, no don't apologize get it out whole point I get very passionate about it. Yeah. I make Dane watch a lot of documentaries about these people, don't I? Like Free Britney and a lot of Taylor Swift documentaries. But there's probably things to learn. Well, I think there is. I mean, honestly, a lot of these docos aren't really things that I'd put on at home by myself. But a heavy metal guy. Yeah. But I mean, on the same hand, it can be, you know, it, it can be cool watching these sometimes to get a different perspective. I mean, just going back before when you're saying about talent with Taylor Swift, 
we went and saw Taylor Swift live end of 2018 down in Sydney. Now, I'd never seen a commercial live concert before. That was my first. And I was going thinking, oh, yeah, I was, I was certainly open to enjoying it. But I guess what blew me away, it's different from the shows that I go to, but just a level of production, um, the professionalism, like, you know, she's got a good voice. The fact that one thing that really um, took my attention it was an open stadium and it was torrential downpour. And I've, I've got to be honest, it was a part of me thinking, oh, she's going to notice her hair and make up running and she's going to run off. Like That did go through my mind, right? Yeah. She didn't skip a beat. Soldiered through. Her hair was just like a drowned rat, you know, like I'm talking she was drenched and she did not skip a beat the entire show. And I, I've got a lot of respect for that, you know. I just didn't expect it. Well, something I never expected to say uh, was how much I related to a Miley Cyrus song. Yeah, right. Which one? Which one? Wrecking Ball. I love oh, Wrecking right. Ball. I actually like listened to it not that long ago and I just like, this speaks to me on so many levels. She has got an amazing voice. Yep. Like that's another yep. one that people talk a lot of smack about. They talk about her because of her relationships, because of everything that she's done. Because yeah. she's provocative. She was trying to shake off that, you know, that Hannah Montana, you know, vibe that she had. But she's got an amazing voice. And if you look past everything that is said about her and you just focus on her voice, it is stellar. Like, yeah. if you hear her version of Jolene, like, she is just absolutely amazing. Like, I, I introduced Dane to it and it was like, it's just, she is just spot on with, like, all these, lo- um, sorry, with all her notes and everything. And she's just, you know, I love her. I love Miley Cyrus. Yeah, no, I was really impressed. I, it, the, the song moved me in, in ways I never thought it would because I, I just, you know, life experiences and yep. Yep listen to what they're singing about and, and you go, wow, that's crazy. Uh, righty, let's sort of start wrapping up that younger, unless you guys have any cool stories that you can remember from childhood, which, you know, you want to tell. The toys or music? Anything, or man. Like anything, anything that's like. I do have a little music story. If go I'm for it. Young, yeah. Which I think kind of, again, when you're saying it helps shaping me. Yeah, that's, that's the, the idea. Adult. Yeah. Um, my parents used to enjoy listening to music and the stereo was in the lounge room. We never had a large house, so it was one of those things that when they'd want to listen to music, the TV's off, obviously, um, and we'd all sort of sit around as a family, you know, listen to music, so obviously Dad was choosing it. Um, there were records, different ones that get played, but Dad was um, sure like some 60s stuff, but he was pr- probably more into 70s and 80s than he was 60s. And where I'm going with this is um, I will never forget... The first time he put on the album Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits. Yes, I love it. The song Money for Nothing, right? It's got that long built-up intro. And I remember um, hearing that dynamic build-up to that first guitar riff that Mark Knopfler plays by himself before the drums and the rest of the band kick in. And to me, that just, like as I said, Poison was a game-changer, but for me as a child, that just... Blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. And because Dad knew I loved that so much, every time he'd put that song on, he'd turn the stereo right up. And I remember getting this toy guitar when I was like seven, something like that. And like to the point where that would go on, I'd just grab this toy guitar and start, you know, running around playing like air guitar. Like I wasn't playing anything actually playing, but just, you know, running around to this song. And um, yeah, so I mean, just uh, that's just one thing of a childhood, I guess, that... um. The next band that triggered me was, as I said, Poison later on, but I'll just never forget that moment, you know. And, like, I still listen to Dire Straits today. I actually learnt on the acoustic guitar um, a song off that album, well, 
two weeks ago, actually, when we had that power out here. Electrics were all shot. We had no power of the house, so the acoustic was still going. <laughs> but the man's too strong. That's brilliant. I'd love it. Yeah. I've heard a few stories where parents are just so influential with, with musical and <laughs> turning stereos up loud. That's a, something that I've heard a lot of. Like it's yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. I, uh, I've got an old uh, TEC uh, sound system. Like it's an 83, I think. And I introduced Flynn to the record player and yep. how it works and he was blown away he's like how, what why how does this do this <laughs> i was just like it's magic man yep <laughs> it's magic doesn't matter how much science there is behind it the records are magic yep absolutely what did you guys when you were young what did you imagine you wanted to be what, what did you want to be when you were little and what did you want to grow up to become <laughs> i told dane this today um because we were going through the questions and I said to him, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a princess who worked at McDonald's who also like, was a hairdresser on the side. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, that was my dream. I always wanted to be a princess. But, you know, because I love McDonald's so much, so I wanted <laughs> to work at McDonald's. Because well, I thought working at McDonald's, you know, because I loved going to McDonald's, I thought, oh, no, that would be just the best job ever because you're working in the place that you love. Now I know the truth. Um, and, you know, being a hairdresser as well, because I always loved it when I go to the hairdressers, and it always, like, to me, the hairdressers always smells really nice, it's got that nice fruity smell of, you know, the shampoos and everything, and I thought, oh, to play with hair, and I was like, oh, those are my three dream jobs. Yeah, no, like... Didn't happen. Oh, well, I'm a princess. <laughs> <laughs> got that bit down, Pat. <laughs> well, you, mate. I had no hard career goals as a child. Um, I guess I loved the idea of driving trucks, semi-trailers. My grandfather, mum's dad, um, he had his own trucking business in Nambucca Heads. He had a semi-trailer and he had a crane and being such a small coastal town for a while there during the war, he was the only truck up there. And he only retired, um, I was well, a young adult, I think, when he retired. So I was very used to seeing trucks around and going to work with him and whatnot. There used to be the show, TV show, when I was a child called BJ McKay and his best friend, The Bear. It was called The Bear, but it was actually a monkey. <laughs> oh, okay. But um, I used to love watching that show. And again, like, you know, as I said it before, the other cars, like the Dukes of Hazard and stuff like that, occasionally there'd be a truck. Or so. I was just obsessed with all that. But yep. it was, I don't know, it never really transpired through as an adult. Never really cared to do it, but okay. as a young child, that's what I thought. I follow that up with, is there any chance that those things might res resurge? Like, something you might want to look at doing at some point. Truck driver? Yeah. Do I want to go and work at McDonald's? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> where you started, so you gotta, you got you to justify it now. <laughs> I did always want to be a hairdresser. That's that I did have a passion for hair, and I actually was thinking about doing hairdressing after school. Um, but I I get dermatitis on my hands and um, it was affecting me a lot, so I, it was something that I could actually explore, I don't think, because of that. Like, I get really bad dermatitis, so, yeah, you have to kind of give up a dream just to, yeah. Bit of comfort. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that as a question, because as an adult, it'd be a hard no but the reason why it's a hard now is, I guess, my aspirations to drive trucks when I was a child and the reasons behind it. But when you become an adult, you learn a lot more about the actual trucking industry. Yeah. Um, 
the fact that you know like the the hard time frames that i know that just from truck drivers i've worked with and spoken to and know they get put under and you know that a lot of them end up taking like amphetamines and things like that not out of being drug addicts but out of just thinking i need to stay awake i've got to be in brisbane you know by yep. six o'clock in the morning or whatever it happens to be and yeah i don't know i just don't that really i don't really want to you know, be on the road away from Brook, you know, for a week at a time, driving trucks or road trains, whatever, and just, it just feels like you're putting yourself under a lot of um, really harsh pressure, actually. So it's not the enjoyment that I thought, you know, when I was a kid, I thought you're up there driving semis. Yeah. That's, that's where it started and stopped. Living the <laughs> dream. Big ass truck down the highway. Yep. Yeah. You dri- where are you driving to? Wherever I feel like going. Yep. <laughs> Wherever the pedal leads. Not even responsible for the load on the back. No. <laughs> A game changer for me. I didn't know he wanted to be a truck driver. Oh. I don't know if I could be with you anymore. I was like, thinking of you, like out there on the road. I was actually thinking about that. Like, if I have couples on and we're talking about childhood stuff, there's like I said, there's probably things that you've never mentioned before. No, because yep. you thought about. Like, you might mention things in passing sometimes. You know, like we talk about shows that we grew up with. You know, mm. and all that. Because um, there's a six year age gap between Dane and I, so. Sometimes I might talk about like shows that I grew up watching and he has no idea what they are because he, you know, had gone past that stage in his life. Like I said to him one time, do you remember the show The Raggy Dolls? Do you remember The Raggy Dolls? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he doesn't remember The Raggy Dolls at (laughs) all. Um, ABC it was on. Oh, it was. So, And I thought because he knew what Super Ted was and he knew... Well, it was on around the same time as Super Ted and Trapdoor... Trap I remember Trapdoor. Feed me. And uh, Banana Man, because you yeah. love, you always quote Banana Man. You're like, when oh, Eric eats a banana. banana. He becomes Banana Man. I still remember being in London. I was out and about, and there was this dude dressed up. They must have had a dress up shirt party, and they he was dressed up as Banana Man. Nice. I had to get a photo with him. Yeah. But it's you Banana don't remember, Man. You don't remember the Racky Dolls, though. Like, yeah. like back Raggy to dolls. France and. And um, the grumpy one, what was his name? He oh. was like a he would look like a big gingerbread man. Sad sack, was that sad? Yeah, sack? I think it may have been. And princess, because she was like really torn and everything. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Speaking of banana man, that was the goodies, right? Was, was it? it? I'm pretty sure they did the voices. No way. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> I'm gonna fact check that because I don't want to sound like a dickhead. I remember Ringo Starr used to do the voice, do the narration of um, Thomas the Tank Engine. He was, yeah. Yeah, you see, I I loved Thomas the Tank Engine when I was a kid. It was the best. Let me just put in Banana Man. I'm pretty sure. While you're doing that, I'm just going to drop the TV show name on the table and just leave it there of Voltron. Voltron was fantastic. <laughs> yep, the vehicles and the lions. I don't remember Voltron. I don't. I, I remember Transformers because I had an older brother who used to love Transformers. I remember He-Man because my brother had the He-Man castle and I had the Shearer castle. And I used to make He-Man and Shearer date. I didn't realise <laughs> that they were brother and sister. That's so <laughs> funny you say <laughs> that. I, I don't know if you listened to one of the episodes previous, but like I talk about with one of my friends about He-Man and Shearer, and I, I don't remember Shearer. Yep. It never really was part of it for me. I just it didn't exist. I, I don't know remember. why. I remember it existing, but I don't remember Shearer. Because you're men. Yeah, like I never Maybe. saw the show. I just don't remember it being on. I think Shiro came along a lot later than, than He-Man and it was more about like He-Man was starting to, um, he was in his prime, wasn't he, at this stage and they started to bring in, they wanted it to be for girls as well and they were like, well, that's cool. can we make that same magic for, for girls as what we had for boys? Yeah. 
That, so, and that's when I think they bought on the she Shira Castle. Maybe it wasn't. Sorry, just, just I'm just on another tangent. Maybe it wasn't the goodies, but I'll have to. I'll look up another time and I'll, I'll get back into it. But there was a cartoon that the goodies were involved in, and I just can't finger it right now. But they that's were okay. Funny. I did used to enjoy the goodies. Yeah, such a good show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get back into it. Before I get into the the bigger questions. I've got some sound effects that I might play. Go for it. I try to surprise people and see if they can get like instant instant memories that they can talk about. Sometimes we've got nothing. But I'll play a sound effect and we'll see if you can pull a memory out of your bum. Space Invaders. Space Invaders. I have fond memories of Space Invaders. I do. I do. What's your memory? I remember one day, Dad coming home, um, and he'd bought a second-hand Atari 2600. It had about four games, and one of them was Space Invaders. And I bet the other one was Pitfall. No, I did get that at a later time, but no, 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 that wasn't. I don't remember what the other games Everyone were at the had moment. Pitfall. But um, I remember we had Space Invaders and I remember that we had two remotes and you had to plug it in through the TV to play this thing. And it just, I remember just feeling so, like we loved it. My brother and I loved it. And I just remember feeling so fortunate that we just had this thing that we could play at home, you know. We could be at home for the day and just play this thing. And I remember like we'd have mates come over and we'd all be playing it and just, yeah. So hearing that noise takes me to being, oh gee, I don't know, what, seven, eight? Yeah, definitely. Something like that. I think I ended up using the power supply later on for the Atari from a wire pedal. <laughs> yeah, nice. You had a Commodore 64 as well, didn't I you? I sure did. Oh, yep. I remember that. The old big oh. floppy uh, B, dr- B drive, was it? The big, big uh, the five, yeah. and a quarter, five and a quarter. Five and a quarter. Yeah, the funny thing was with, the, with that as well, um, we got that, I guess it was on special, because at the time, um, I think the Amiga 500 was just coming out. So everybody was at a faster and better processor. So everybody was getting the Amiga 500 at the time and getting rid of their Commodore 64. So the cool part about that for me was that everybody was giving me their old discs. Like, I'm not talking just one or two. I mean, just I had tons of these people's games, and they're all pirated. Yep. None of them are original. And, um, yeah, it was just used to be great. Like, I remember Wonder Boy was my obsession. You we know, could I'd get Wonder Boy now. We could get it for the Switch and... Wonder Boy, and then we uh, yes we should do that. Well, we have Wonder Boy three for the Switch. You didn't know this, did you? No. <laughs> you, we could be playing Wonder Boy three one day, <laughs> but it's not like Wonder Boy where he's running around a little nappy. Um, but yeah, no, like how you guys say that w- we had the floppy disk, we had the cassettes like for our Commodore sixty four. Oh wow! Yeah, so we were, we were a bit you know, advanced. So my cousins had that, <laughs> and I remember the ga- they had Ghostbusters. Actually. Yeah. Oh, we had Ghostbusters too, and yeah. Like you had to upgrade your car all the time, and then yes, yeah, you and you to had to get a certain amount of money for each of the upgrades. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and you had to like, you had to um, race through the city and all that, and and then we had this plane flying game, and you had to like stay within like the the lines, and if you crashed into the mountains, you'd die. And I remember a game on the Atari. It was like a jet game, and it was like over rivers and stuff. I do remember that. that. Sa- it sounds the same as the other game that I was just talking about. And you had to, did you have to stay within like you like you had the water there, and then you had to sort of like it? stay within no. like the. Yep. 
No, I mean, it wasn't 1942, but uh, I don't remember the crashing into mountains and stuff. But oh, it's... It was too long ago. You and had it to, like, you chase, like, you racing, like, somebody else who was playing against yeah. you, like, it was just me or my sister and all my brother and, like... Actually, you know what? I'm thinking of a game called Aerial Assault on the Sega Master System. Uh, okay, yeah. I think that's what I'm thinking of. It just the the Sega just flashed through my brain with Wonder Boy. Right, right. Yeah, I was I was out of it all by the time all that. Yep. I just had like, basically um, by the time the Commodore sixty four sort of came and passed, I got my first guitar. So it all yep. we had the Master System. We had like yeah, we had Sonic and we had Alex the Kid, obviously because that was built in. And that was a really great game. I loved Alex the Kid. And I can't think of anything else now that we had on there. Oh, we did. We had Wonder Boy three again. That's how I knew. That's why I got it for the Switch because we had oh. Wonder Boy three. And my sister wrote all the the codes on the on the top of the Sega box. And then when I sold the Sega, um, you lost I, all the codes. Well, I I sold it with the game and everything. But like, I think I made more for the Sega than what she actually bought for it. So. That was really cool. Yeah, that's probably true. That was true, yeah. yeah. Imagine what I could sell the Commodore 64 now if I still had it. I oh wonder what they are worth. Yeah, I've got no idea, yeah. actually, but I know <laughs> there's a huge um, market for those old school consoles and really? things like that. Oh, yeah. yeah um, you know what? I've got a feeling that I've got one at home somewhere. <laughs> I'd be looking it up, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see you boot that up. I want to see it like running Load again. Load 8, comma 1, wasn't that it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> the summer games, the winter games. Summer game, that's right. And you get the joystick and you got to sort of the violently shake games. it side to side. <laughs> California games, that was it to get down the, um, the half pipe. Was that board. on the Commodore 64, was it? That sure was on was. the California games, yeah. Wow. You had the, oh, we had the trilogy. So we had the summer games, the winter games, and the California games. And the California games had the trickiest games. Like you had Hacky Sack and you had to like keep going. Yeah. See, yeah. I remember that on the Sega Master System. Right. Oh. So I don't know if it's an upgraded version. It would have to be upgraded compared to... It probably would be. The, the Commodore graphics 64. and everything would be upgraded for sure, but they probably yeah. pulled some of those games. But it had hacky sack and BMXing and surfing. Yep, and yeah. roller, bl- roller skating. Was it I'm skating or blading? Skate. Well, I, I thought it was... It might have probably was skating in the Commodore 64, mm. but it was rollerblading, I think. Uh, it probably was, because we had it in the 80s, so yeah. I don't think rollerblading became yeah, popular. Yeah, blades didn't exist, <laughs> I think, in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, no, but they were re- awesome, those games. They were great, and I love the winter games. The ga- like where you'd go, like you know, down the um Flalem. Like when you'd be going down the hill on the on the snow skis, but you'd got to go like oh an yeah, you go through the poles. Yeah, yep. Pizza, French fries, pizza, French fries, and yep, yep. Man, I just got I just got a flash of a memory about skiing in a game, but I won't think of what it was though. It, it's just you know how it just flashes in your brain. Yep, yep. You're like and you can't pinpoint it yeah. once it's come in there, and you're like, where does that come it's from? It's gone again. Yep. All right, so looking back on on your childhood and all the interests and stuff, did any of that influence your career now? Like it's okay if it didn't. Career or adult life? Career. Like, is there, you know, is there anything in there that, like, did influence where you ended up now with your working life? It, it Probably not. Yeah, no. Not with the job, I no. Yeah. I don't, yeah, no. It would have influenced... Look, I'm the same. I'd... But I just like to touch on that in case there is something that bites, you know. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, the the other thing I like to do is just throw some random stuff in. Um, there is a question that I've asked before, and this is a uh, it's a tricky one because there's a rule. Would you rather win the lottery or work your perfect job? 
But the rule is you can't win the lottery, so you work your perfect job. Right, gotcha. Um, I'm going to say I'd rather win the lottery. Yeah. My reasons is, and I'm sure many people would argue this point, but I would really argue what is the per- perfect job. Well, that's, that's the, that's the, it's, it is a fantastical question. So, you know, you go, I have this dream job and I'd be happy doing that. I'm doing the thing that I want to do. Because I've, I guess I got, um, I've had a lot of jobs in the time. I guess I always, like I studied psychology at university, so I was always considered the, you know, the counsellor guy, you know, growing up. Thought, oh, well, maybe I can do this on a professional level. Um, so I obviously was always into jobs which were always based around helping people and whatnot, which, I mean, look, are good and are rewarding in their own like, merits. But all these jobs come with accountabilities, with targets, responsibilities. There's all these um, governing agencies and things. So, you know, you, there's all like, if something goes wrong with someone, especially when you're working in an um, industry with people, somebody wants to point the finger at someone, you know, yeah. about what, what happened, what went wrong, whose fault is it? And um, I guess it's so for me, and I've, I've worked in jobs outside of the care industry as well, but from my perspective, um, it doesn't matter what job it is, at some point I feel that I'm not going to be considering it to be the perfect job anymore. Yeah, so totally. I guess, so I guess for me, if I could win lottery, well, imagine how that's going to change your life. Like imagine if Brooke and I could pay out our mortgage. That's right. You know, we've got cash to drive whatever cars we feel like. We can go, well, we're going to go down a security basis and put it all in the bank in a, just on a high interest account, yeah. wh- whatever, you know. But I feel that we could win the lottery and have a better life than having the perfect job. My perspective anyway. No, that's the I whole point. I kind of agree with you on that one. In like, I would prefer to win the lottery so I can spend my time doing something that I really love, not perfect job-wise, but like exploring my hobbies, like, you know, and not doing it for money or anything like that. But I'm just, you know, then I'm, I'm not having to get up every morning and think, oh, I'm having to go to a workplace. <laughs> I'm like, yep. I'm waking up every morning thinking, oh, well, I can do this today or I can do that today. And it's like, yeah, have more free time just for myself because, yeah, I, I feel like, life is so hectic as it is and then work just takes up so much of your adult life like I've been working since I was 14 I think it was and you know like we will probably be working till well I'll probably be working till I'm 70 and that's a huge chunk of my own life that you give up for some something else like somebody else and even if like I had a perfect job and I was working for myself it's still you having to give it up like so much of your time whereas I'd rather win the lottery and have Free time myself, I guess. Perfect. And one thing I've found, you know, getting older, um, I suppose you, you discover a lot more about yourself, like what your interests actually are. You find out a lot more, like better ways of doing it. You might be better at it. You know, you've got a bit more money behind you. You've, as you get older, you've had a lot more time over your life to buy more things. So you've got a bit more variety on stuff. And I've found that outside of work, what's really important is having a, um, being able to decompress you know, having that outlet, having that thing that you can do and just, you know, by I think if you've got some hobbies outside of work, to me that's more important than the perfect job because just, like when I'm bodyboarding, when you're, you know, when you're trying to paddle out there against the waves out the back, it's so hard. You're not thinking of work. And, you know, when you're out there waiting for a wave, you're not thinking of sharks. It's just so relaxing. And when you get that adrenaline rush when you're flying across a wave, like, you know, and th- the best part is too, it costs nothing. You know, it probably is $5 worth of petrol mm. getting to the beach, so. Beautiful. 
that's why I love to see it. Like, like Brooks said, you know, if you could win lottery and you could do that sort of stuff on a larger basis, maybe you've only got to work one day a week. Do you remember a movie called Office Space? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's a great line in that where the one character asks another, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? And he, the answer is, well, I'd do nothing. Oh, I know what you're going to say here, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and then if, you, if, you, if you're happy to do nothing, then you wouldn't need the million dollars. That's when his uh, mate goes, you'll need a million dollars to do that, man. Look at my cousin. You don't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> Flat broke. <laughs> I, just, I love that movie. It's so good. We're currently sitting in your lounge room, and I know the answer to this question already. How much of your love of things that when you were little transpired into what you collect now? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Buffy. That is no, like, I think everybody who knows me knows I loved Buffy. I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, <laughs> I know, I know if Buffy doesn't get mentioned, then I'm not doing a good <laughs> enough job. <laughs> um, I, I loved Buffy from um, the age of, oh, how old was I? I? I went to Canada when I was 15 with my parents and my brother. And when I was there, because they went out at night exploring the streets and I was scared because there was homeless people and they would try and talk to us. I was frightened. It was my first time away from home. We hadn't, we didn't have homeless people here who would try and talk to her. Um, so I stayed in and I was watching TV and an episode of Buffy came on. I was like, what is this show? This is awesome. And as I'm watching Buffy, it's like, oh, this is actually quite cool. And then, you know, I didn't think about it that much afterwards, but then I changed high schools for um, year 11 and 12 and I met this girl in high school, um, my friend Belinda. She was heavily into Buffy. And she's like, did you watch Buffy last night? I'm like, no, because I don't really watch Buffy. And she goes, oh, no, 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 you should watch it, you should watch it. And I started watching it. And we got, like, this is how we really became friends. And, like, this is, we really bonded over it. And then everybody who I met through my adult, young adult life, all the friends that I made, they were huge Buffy fans as well. And it was sort of like, this is the thing that we would talk about. And then I met Dane uh, about 10 years ago too. And I said to him, I really love Buffy. And he said to me, he's like, oh, I've watched every episode as well because my, my best friend, Emma, she loved Buffy too, blah, blah, blah. And it's sort of like this thing that I've always had that always sort of connects me with people that once I find somebody loves it, it's like, oh, you're my friend now, you know, we, we can chat about this. And oh, yeah, I like love it's, it. it's friendship glue. Yeah, it really yep. is. And like I find when people have, like, have liked Buffy and you can get on a tangent about like so many different things, you know, like, oh, did you like Firefly? Oh, I loved Firefly, you know, like uh, you and I, we went and seen the Serenity movie. Like yeah, that was my introduction to, to the whole universe. We hadn't, I hadn't even seen Firefly at that point. But I still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched Firefly. I haven't either. <laughs> you have? Oh, no, you haven't seen Firefly, but no, you I have haven't. seen Serenity. Yeah. I have seen Serenity. Yeah, um, I really liked Serenity. I didn't really care that much for the, the Firefly series as much. I know it's got a huge cult following, but for me, um, the it's it's a little bit dry. It's a little bit hard to get into, but it's, it's still has that huge cult following. And you can see it's a Joss Whedon show. Like you can tell it's Joss Whedon. He has a certain style of way of doing things mm. that you can see it from the way he did um, those first two Avengers movies. Did he do the first two? He did. Yeah. Yeah. We won't talk about Joss Whedon though, because he's it's a bit topical at the moment. He really is. Yeah. 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 Some not some nice things coming out. Yeah, no, he's not so. He's not living up to like the person who I really even yeah. admired as well. Like I, I sort of idolized Joss Whedon, and now I'm like, no, no, we don't anymore. Look, there's a, there's certainly an underbelly to a lot of Hollywood. It's 
becoming a lot more apparent lately in yeah. the last few years. Yeah. But it's like anything. Like I've worked in retail since I was 15 and you get a lot with managers as well that they get that power trip about them and that's the way I'm looking at him now going, is, has he been on a power trip? It went to his head and... Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Okay. On to Dane. Dane. Yeah, well, uh, as far as... Yeah, for me, uh, Star Wars... That'd be my probably my biggest thing as an adult. Um, definitely still love Transformers. I think we've had a conversation before when I went to the States. I was thinking, do I go to Disneyland or do I go to Universal Studios? Universal Studios won purely because they had the 3D Transformers ride. So I barred Disneyland just for that and I've had no regrets. Yeah, you made the right choice. I, I saw a man die at Disneyland, so you made the right choice. Well, <laughs> it sounds oh. like I did. wasn't the happiest place on earth for that man. Jeepers. So creepers. I, yeah, that's, that's a story. <laughs> we might uh, we might um, open up on that one a little bit more in a minute, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to that one. Um, so, I mean, yeah, for my lounge room, I've got a display cabinet, um, and in there, I've got some like large figures. I've unfortunately, I don't have all my old Star Wars stuff now. I sold it all to Bayside Collect a bunch of years ago, so I could buy a guitar pedal. <laughs> but anyway, hey. anyway, we had to do what we had to do. But um, yeah, I've actually. The, the the actual ships that you're seeing suspended in the air there, that's not things from ten years ago, by the way. <laughs> that's all stuff from the last twelve months. All oh, right, still going on that sort of stuff. Actually, yeah. um, I got the Star Destroyer, which has actually got batteries in it. Um, the back of it all, I guess you'd say the uh, the jets in the back of it, they all glow blue, and you can hear lasers firing and whatnot. Oh wow! But um, yeah, I, I noticed that um, in frontline hobbies, because as you know, nearly everything was shut and whatnot during lockdown. And when I got back to work, I had to drive past frontline hobbies on the way home, and I just started dropping in. But it was just so good to do something which wasn't work or the house. And they had these little things like, like Millennium Falcons and X Wings stuff like that for like fifteen dollars. These little models. And I started thinking to myself, especially when you can hate suspend them from your display cabinet with um, fishing line, and I thought, wouldn't that be cool? You know, like you've, it's not taking up any more room in your display cabinet, but it's all suspended, it's all light, and I thought, you make sure you don't double up on any of the ships, but you can have a full, I guess, I don't know, Star Wars yeah, a little air battle. Air battle. I actually had them in my room. Like uh, the old models, I had a, a, a TIE Interceptor, uh, X-Wing, and... Maybe a Y wing, and I had them suspended in the corner, like they yes. were, you know, <laughs> flying down. That just triggered that memory. Yeah, no, so it's cool. It's cool to do it because I was. Um, I've always been interested in the ships because I um, haven't had them since being a child, and even back then, I didn't. Ha- I've realised now, looking back on it, my parents never bought me a lot of the Empire stuff. They were buying me when I look back on it a lot of the Rebel stuff, uh. like I had more the X wings and all that sort of thing. But it's probably why I'm more focused on all the Star Destroyers and Tie Fighters now. Um, but Oh, I forgot where I was going with that, actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I was looking into buying a lot of it, and what I found is, and you've probably found this as well, that it's not just a matter of going, as an example, I want to start a destroyer, here's one for 50 bucks, I'm going to buy it, because you might look at it and go, well, actually, the dimensions don't look right. Yeah. It's missing bits. It's, yeah, it just, oh, no, you've really got to work hard, actually, and spend a lot of money to get something which is accurate, whereas these models don't cost a lot of money, but for, on a first glance, they actually look, and screen accurate enough for my eyes anyway that yeah. I can actually enjoy them. And well, this is the thing is you're an adult, you don't really get them out and play with them like you did when you were a child. But hey, if you can display them, you can enjoy them at every moment of every day. Yeah, I, I, I'm currently collecting Black Series uh, figures. Yep, they're uh, the best. I'm very picky. Uh, I'll, I'll only collect certain 
types uh, that fit into my display. But yeah, there's some of the bigger stuff that I'm like, I really love that, but I've just got nowhere to put it. Yeah. So I just admire it in pictures. <laughs> yep, yep, I know. Like check out the detail online. I've looked at my cabinets so many times thinking, like, I want an ADAT and things like that. And they just, well, I mean, that, that cabinet cost a fortune. You probably wouldn't see me the same if you knew what I paid for it. <laughs> but, you know, I just think I don't even know where I'd stick another one like that, you know. Yes. Yeah. I think Brenton bought the, the cabinet from you before that cabinet, didn't he? Didn't yes, you, you did. Yeah. And you were going to display, I think you said you had three or four generations of Ninja Turtles. You were going to. Yeah, I actually, um, that cabinet got wet. So oh, and it was chipboard, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I had to throw it out. Oh shit! Um, it lived in my um, it lived in the shed for a little bit because I had nowhere to put it. And yeah, the shed just got hammered one day, and unfortunately, it all swelled up. And that would have been the end of it. Yep. But yeah, I did have. Uh, I still got those turtles, and they they live in another cabinet at the moment. I've I've been questioning putting them into boxes and putting them in, into a storage. Uh, Who was your favorite Ninja Turtle? My favorite Ninja Turtle. It was always Donatello. Really? Yeah. That was my least favourite Ninja Turtle. Yeah. No, what was his sorry, weapon? no. Ra- Bowstaff. Raphael was my least favourite. Oh, right, right. Yeah, he had the Bowstaff. Um, Leonardo was my favourite. Leo, the leader. Yeah, he was the leader and I was Michelangelo. Like Mikey. Gumchucks all the way. There's a brilliant com- comic book out at the moment called Ronan. And right. uh, all the turtles have died except for one. And he's on a revenge mission to go and save the... Oh, not to save, but cool. to go and t- take out whatever it was that, you know, killed everyone. Something uh, about revenge missions, isn't there, in movies? And yeah, things, but they, I didn't think they were going to reveal which turtle it was so quickly. Basically, by the end of the first issue, I think it is, like, they've gone, oh, it's, it's this turtle. And I thought, oh, that, for me, it would have been cooler to, to go through the arc of the, the story and not know which turtle it was. And you have to kind of guess who it is based on, like, yeah. you know... But they just dove straight into it. Got. Yeah. What did you say that was, sorry? A comic or a book? Comic, or? yeah, a comic it's book. Comic. Ronan. Earmark that. I'm not even into comics, but I'm influenced to read that based yeah. off that storyline, actually. I'll send, you, I'll send you a link if yeah, I can find it. Yeah, please do. Please do. All right. Let's get into the final bits, man. These are the, there's three questions here, and there's a there's looking to the future. So what are you guys at the moment, what are your hopes or uh, aspirations as getting closer to 50? What do you want to achieve? Oh. I'm writing a book. Yeah? What? <laughs> Yeah. What are you writing a book on? I'm writing a book. It's sort of like the road not taken, I guess. It's an it's a um a fictional book, and it's like uh this girl who has been running from love her whole entire life because her boyfriend had treated her badly her, um, when she was seventeen, eighteen. Um, so it's set her up for life that she you know has never let anyone get close. Um, but she something sends her back to 1999 to her final year of high school. And she's given a second chance to, like, you know, she breaks up with that boyfriend and she's got all this hindsight of the future, but she doesn't see one thing coming. She doesn't see the fact that his best friend was always in love with her. But then when she changes one thing by breaking up with him, it changes everything and she can set, like, it sets it on a, a you know, on an adventure or... That's probably not the right word, adventure. Um, you know, it, it's sort of like, yeah, it changes everything and so it's... it's changing her whole future and everything and she doesn't even realise that she's changing her whole future by changing that one thing. But wow, yeah. A little bit I of time travel. Yeah, and I, well, and it was so great, it was so great to write, like, something set back in 1999, you know, you think before, before social media, before phones even were in colour or, yeah. or, like, you know, we only had the ability to, like, text and call people 
And even then, we had to pay 22 cents to actually text someone. So you had to actually decide if you really wanted to call that, like if right. you really wanted to text mm. that person. Or if it was after 7 p.m., you go, oh, I could call them for free. Yeah. But yeah, like, mm. enough, like, takes credit to call the rest. Are of you them. still writing that, or is it? I finished the first one. Wow. So I finished the first book. Uh, that was set in 1999 and then I've written, uh, I've started the second one and it's now going through the years from um, 19, well, really from 2000 up to 2020. So, yeah, um, so filling in that gap. So she makes it back to her time and when she's made it back to her time, she's got no memories of, like, what happened in between because it's not her, she's in a different alternative universe now because she she changed so much that, wow. yeah. So okay. Yeah. That's a great uh, like as- aspiration to to jump into. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I, I, it's been really fun. This is what I do every time I have a day off, and I s- slowly start started sharing it around with people. Like I shared it with Dane's best friend. Dane's not allowed to read it, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's um it is it's got a lot of smut in it. So a bit of like, it's an erotic fiction. Okay. So um, but I shared it around. His best friends read it. He's a few of his friends, a few of my friends. Um, it's had, it's almost at ten thousand reads now on Wattpad. So, I'm doing. So you're going to look at actually publishing it. I would love to be able to publish it. That would be my my dream. Yeah. To be able to publish it, but yeah, it's just I don't know how I go to go about that. But yeah. So at the moment, I just keep going with what I'm doing, and hopefully, you know, if the universe will smile down on me one day and go, this is how this is happening. So. All right. Yeah. For me, I guess more music. Um, I'd always wanted to write and record an album. I've done that, so and mixed it myself. So I've done that. But I guess the next thing for me, I mean, obviously write more stuff. But the two things, I guess, like that, I would like to have achieved by the time I'm fifty. So for me, after this year, that's five years away, right? Um, two things. One, I would like my current band, which I'm really loving playing in. It, we've had a few hiccups with, um, I guess, band members and things stopping and starting and whatnot. It'd be good just to get that going a lot good again, better again so we can start getting some regular gigs. Now COVID's getting over and we can start playing and all that again. Um, that would be good to know that's just, you know, I've got no aspirations that think we've got to get famous. I don't care. Regular gigs would be great. Second thing... And I think this is um, good as well. I would love to purchase a Jackson RR1 Flying V. I've, it's a... That's a guitar? Yeah, it's okay. a guitar. So I've already got a Jackson Randy Rhodes Flying V. Um, I was influenced off Kirk Hammett for Metallica. I bought this particular one with my first full-time job. It was the first thing I saved up for, actually, back in 95. I still play it regularly and gig it today. Yeah, the lights flicker a bit. It's because we've got LED. <laughs> Because um, we got ghosts. Yeah, oh, and we got ghosts as well. That's all so right. I got a proton pack. So <laughs> 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 yeah, that's right. We got the right person here for that. <laughs> so um, yeah, I've got this guitar. Um, I still play it. I still love it. But the RR one is like the um, pinnacle of the Jackson Rennie Rhodes Flying Vs, and just um, yeah, it would be good by the time I'm fifty to own one. Okay, that's a pretty good dream. I reckon you can and, do and it. Implausible. Implausible. Yep. All right, what do you fear about these things, What getting to that same sort of area? What's your biggest fear of, of, of those? Of getting older? Yeah, or getting older, reading 50, any of the things you just talked about. Not, I haven't got a fear of the things I just talked about. My only 
fear. Yeah, it, what's interesting about getting older, right? I, when I was younger, I always used to fear getting older. I used to really hate it because I was always worried. It's, it's you get older and think, oh, have I done everything I wanted to do or all this sort of stuff? But I guess what I'm at the point now, like I'll be 45 in about a month. I think about the things I've done in my life and I think I just couldn't have done all that and have, the no, as you know, the knowledge and the wisdom that comes from making mistakes, you know, and things as well. I couldn't be a 25-year-old having my bank of memories, experiences, you know, yeah. knowledge. I couldn't do that. And I don't know. I guess I've just – I don't really fear it. I just sort of accept it. And I guess that my thoughts are with it is just being acknowledged that you will get older, that time will pass. If you decide to do nothing with everything, then life will pass you by, as they say. What's that movie? Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I think. You know? You've got to stop and take a look around every now and then. Yep. And um, I'm just a firm believer in that, that just acknowledge you're getting older. don't have to fear it, but just make sure you're doing what you think that you want to do. We're all going to be old one day. The one thing we can't control. Hetfield's looking old these days. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. He just gets more tattoos the older he gets, though. So. <laughs> um, I guess for me, getting older, I get worried about the future in a way that we won't have the same amount of resources that our parents have. Like, they, they, they're eligible for the pension. We won't be. There'll be no pension for us. So anything that we make in super now is what we're going to have to live off. And, you know, like with the pandemic um, last year, especially um, my super and Dane's super went down. They got hit hard, as did a lot of people's. And it's sort of like a, a realisation that something like that can just take away from our future, you know, and we... That's money that we're going to need to, like, you know, survive off for the rest of our lives, like, once we turn 70 or so. And, you know, so it's that's what plays on my mind, I guess. And plus, th- you know, prices are always rising and everything. and Everything's going up, everything's isn't it? Everything's always going yep. up. Like, you think back to, like, like, when we were kids and how, like, we all talk about, like, oh, we were able to go to the corner shop and get a bag of lollies for, like, 20 cents. Nowadays, if you said to kids, I'll give you 20 cents, they'd be like... That's not going to do anything. You give them a dollar, that's not even going to do anything. Yeah. So yeah. That's true. What are you going to do with a dollar? Yeah. <laughs> like oh, to be honest, you can get a caramel koala at um, most servos. They're a dollar. Okay, okay, fair enough. Yep, yeah. yep, I yep. didn't know that. That's yeah, a decent sized one. So there are still a few things for a dollar, but not like a 20 cent bag of lollies, you oh, know, on the corner shop. It was a big bag of lollies too yeah. for 20 cents. So. I remember going to David Jones. You can hand over a $2 coin and just go a mixed bag of lollies and oh, you'd get a good variety for yeah. two bucks. I, I remember talking to my father a couple of years back about buying houses and how I was was explaining how a house for him compared to... So the price of the house for him compared to his wage that he was getting, they were very similar. (laughs) So like he was getting, say, 50, 60 grand and the house was only $100,000, say. Wow. Right? So now you relate that to us and we're on, say, say we're on 50, 60 grand Houses are five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's so right. So the ratio between what we're making and then the what the property prices are, it's different. It's so much. And different. not to mention, you look at the base money you need to come up with to buy a house. Like we're talking, you got your five percent deposit, you got your um, stamp duty, which I think is exempt for first home buyers still at the moment. Um, Lenders mortgage insurance if you can't save up 20%, but right. it's hard enough getting 5%, let yeah. alone the, the 20%. So, I mean, you might have to save up yep. 50, 60 grand yeah. to get an average house. I'm not talking a mansion. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to go to a bank and you have to like, 
pretty much beg them going, oh, please, just lend me the money. Yep. And they're just, like, looking at you like, mm, no. And it's like they're basing it off, you know, some bullshit from their computer. And it's like, I can I can prove to you I've got the money to, like, pay, you know, my mortgage each week. I, okay. I'm but just thinking about, like, because I just had a friend knock back for a house and, you know, like, they've got the money there. They know that they could afford the weekly payments or the monthly payments, whatever it is, but... They'll yeah. find one little crease. Yeah, yeah, yeah they will. And they yeah, and that's it. And it's it's not easy to get into the housing market nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, scary. Final part of this trifecta is uh what's one thing you are deeply proud of so far? My book. No, that's a brilliant thing to have. My album. <laughs> Great. And that's topical because there's, there's things you've just brought up, so that's yep. really, really <laughs> sick. <laughs> oh, watch Whoa. out for the microphone. All right, with all that covered now, what would be a message that you would give 10-year-old Dane and 10-year-old Brooke? What would you say to them? That's easy. Um, Be true to yourself and don't follow trends. Be very true to yourself and what's important to you. Friends will come and go. Trends will come and go. You don't have to stop liking things just because it's not considered to be cool anymore. And I promise you, everything comes around again. Short example is take Star Wars as the example. You know, like it was uncool for a lot of years there. A lot of years it was uncool. But if everybody could go into their, like I even think of my old stuff, if I could go into a cupboard, not only is my own figures, but the books I had and all that sort of stuff, how cool would it be still owning a lot of that stuff, you know? I guess for me, I would say speak up. If something's not right, just speak up about it and... You know, everyone around you will be telling you, bite your tongue or, you know, we can't talk about this, we're not allowed to talk about that. And you are. If something's not right, you're allowed to talk about it, you're allowed to ask for help, you're allowed to to speak up. You know, you're not going to... If someone else has done wrong by you, then you're not the person who is the bad person, I guess is what I'm trying to say, that the person who has done wrong by you is the bad person and you should speak up about it. No, that's a pretty important thing. Yep. Totally agree. All right, before I get to my final question, I want to circle back on this uh, Disneyland story. <laughs> yes, I'm getting that myself. <laughs> okay, so it was 2010 and um, we were going to Disneyland. We lined up to go in and uh, about three people in front of us, there was this man and he was there with his family and all of a sudden he just collapsed and he had a seizure and he's like, you know, having a full seizure and then he stopped. And I was like, you know, like, and they're all like, call 911 and all this. And I, okay, I can't guarantee that he died, but he stopped moving and it was very scary and it wasn't the happiest place on earth for him that day, I don't think. And I don't think he, no. I don't think he would have enjoyed Disneyland that day. But I also, um, I also once read this um, article about the 50 deaths that have happened or the 50 scariest things that might have been that have happened at Disneyland and Disney World, around the world and all that. Um, People have actually died at Disneyland, so it's not as as happy as, like... I'm sure there's some... I'll see if I can find the article, but there was one that um, did die on... Because I think there was a monorail that goes around in um, Disneyland in Anaheim, and I'm pretty sure somebody died on that as well. yeah, there's been a, a few, like it went through. A lot of them were the early on days of Disneyland, though, that where people died, you know, because you had 
the same safety. Yeah, the safety <laughs> probably wasn't quite up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, we've got a fun park, come here. And oops, you died. I can't remember which final destination movie it was, but there's one of them where I think the track came undone and you just watch this roller coaster just go straight <laughs> off the edge. <laughs> and you think, isn't that your worst nightmare? <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. I think I remember being at, um, what was the one down in Sydney? Australia's Wonderland. Australia's Wonderland. I love that. That was a Hanna Barbera theme. It was. One. How I good was that? I that in my book too. Uh, that she goes to Wonderland. Oh. Oh wow. Yeah, because yep. I love Wonderland, and it's just the nostalgia of Wonderland. <laughs> oh, I, I remember going there. I think it was in year five or six. It was ninety-five or ninety-six, and we were walking underneath. I think the Beast. Bush Beast. The Bush Beast. Wooden roller coaster. Yeah, and oh. there was the Beastie. <laughs> yes, the smaller version. So I remember walking under one of them. And I've seen a bolt fall. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the bolt go bloop. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> oh, that, You know what? The Bush Beast was the first roller coaster I ever went on. I was in the Cubs at the time and there was this big, um, every Cub pack, I guess you call them, from New South Wales was all going to um, Australia's one land. They had the whole thing hired out for this day. So I'd never been in a roller coaster before. I remember going on the Bush Beast, not knowing what to expect. As you know, with any roller coaster, it firstly slowly chugs, you know, pulls you up the hill. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know what everybody's raving on about. These are quite mellow. <laughs> <laughs> then it gets to the top and you get that full feeling, which keep in mind I'd never experienced before, where you feel like your stomach's getting pulled out yep. of your body yep. just as it drops. And it was like, wow. I still went on it two or three times that day, I think. And I remember buying a Garfield little figurine. Which That's I still had for years after that. Awesome. All right, a final question. And I don't put this one in the list of questions that I offer people because I like it to be very on the fly. Right. What is happiness? Ooh, what a question. That's really hard to define. I guess that I've one thing I will say, though... I would find that it's easier for me to start answering that at this age than it would have been younger. I guess I feel it's a sum of things. It's not one or two things. It's having a perspective on life. It's understanding some things. Life's always going to have curveballs. Being able to not let those things crush you. Yep. Um, like I think of like my life with Brooke, you know, like I couldn't imagine life without her. Love her to death. You know, she's part of me. She's where I share my soul. But also, like I said before, you know, like, I don't care what job it is. Um, some people are fortunate enough to love their jobs. But um, I think what's important is making sure that you've got some hobbies. You know, it doesn't matter what the hobby is. It doesn't matter. But it's just as long as you've got something. Whether you do it, you know, something you can contribute to every night after work, once a week, once a month, whatever, you know. I just think that if you can get a life where you've got your hobbies, you've got your interests, you've got a nice partner, um, think about what's important to you in life and make those your goals. Those things are important in life. They're going to differ depending on the person. But just making sure you're thinking about what's important to you and just shooting for them. It might be you can only do a little bit and it might take years and years and years to get there. But to me, that's my perception. Well, that's what the question is. It's, yeah. your, it's your idea, your feeling. That, that's my perception of happiness, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, for me, happiness is, uh, like Dane, I guess I've sort of reached that point in my life now too where as a younger person you sort of like, you'd let anyone into your life and you'd go, 
oh, but I feel like I have to be friends with this person because, you know, we've been friends for so long and this and that. But now as a, as a um, well, I'll be 39 um, next week and you sort of reach that point where you go, that person doesn't really fit into my life and that person, you know, you, you start to realise some people have toxic traits and you don't have to be around them, so you free yourself of those people. And as you free, this, free yourself of them, you become a little bit more happier in your own life. Um, for me also, happiness, I guess, is every day I come home and Dane's here and we, we talk about, like, what our days were. Even if I've had a bad day or a, or a happy day, I know that Dane will listen to me and, you know, and if it is a bad day, I can come in and I can rant to him about it and like you know he he's actually listening he's not just going mm-hmm. he's actually like he'll join in the conversation and and you know he'll will ask me questions about it and everything and um I enjoy you know the time that we spend together because like we'll just pick a random tv show and we will binge watch it together like at the moment we're watching Parks and Rec you know, and Ron Swanson is the man. Yes. <laughs> All um, the eggs and bacon. <laughs> and I, I was going to call you back. You might have misconstrued what I said and just thought I wanted a lot of your bacon. I want all of your bacon. <laughs> <laughs> um, these are all shows that I watched a l- like years ago. I watched um, The Office and everything and um, I make Dane now watch them. I've made him watch a lot of shows. But like for me, that's like sharing a piece of my life with him and he actually tells me he enjoys them. I don't know if he actually does, but he actually enjoys them in a way. I made him watch Grey's Anatomy. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Thank Grey's Anatomy. We're in the winter of it at the moment. Like The latest series of Grey's Anatomy really isn't the most enjoyable thing <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> Season 16, they can get nicked as well. Um, but well, no, you've been going for 17 years. You're not going to be that great. But, like, it's, yeah. Like, the fact is you stuck with that show for 17 seasons and I'm... Uh, you know, like that took us ages to get through. So we're going to do a thorough rewatching of all the Star Wars movies starting tomorrow. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> no. Um. I seem to remember used to say that I looked like one of the guys from Grey's Anatomy for some reason. Did I? I think so. No. No. I, uh, you. Oh. No. I. Th- I don't know what the character was, but was I just it remember. Grey's Anatomy, or was it another show that you used to look like somebody from? I remember I used to say that you look like somebody from a TV show yeah. and I can't remember now what TV show it was. I remember I commented with you and it wasn't, I don't think it was Grey's okay. Anatomy. Maybe it was something else. But it was some other show and I remember I said to you, that guy looks like Brenton. And whenever I think somebody looks like someone, I'm like, that guy's Brenton. <laughs> you know? Oh. <laughs> but it was one of these shows that I'd watched and I've watched so many shows. Like, yeah, I watch no, way too much TV. It's good. Um, I was never really... I've always loved movies, but I've never been a real TV avid watcher. Yeah. So before I met Brooke, um, sometimes I'd watch a show, but I really couldn't give a damn if I missed the episodes. Yeah. So it's really... Um, what's sort of cool too is with Brooke, she's introduced me a lot of shows that I've always been very aware of them being around. I might have seen a random episode here or there or whatever, but it's funny, you know, when we'll watch something and then there'll be an episode come up and I think, hey, I remember watching that episode back in 2005 or whatever it actually is, and yep. now it's got so much more context because I've seen what's leading up to it. Yeah, no, brilliant. All right, so you reckon coming home and yeah, yeah, seeing I this gorgeous like hunk every day. sharing <laughs> your life with, like me sharing my life with Jane yep. makes me really happy. Like, and Good. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. It, and it's similar to everything that um, Brooks said, and just I guess that's the thing about sharing your life, you know, like whether it be Brooks introducing me to shows or 
Where's having fun doing things, you know? Like I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Like I mean, as far as traveling, right? Like we've all done a bit of overseas traveling, you know, and whatnot. And like I just couldn't imagine, like you know, like I sort of want to revisit a lot of the countries that I went to, you know, before I met Brooke, just to thinking, well, I had a great time in those countries, but imagine going there again with Brooke. Yeah. You know, like imagine like London. I lived there for two years, and I'd love to go there with um, Brooke. So I think, well, imagine sharing that experience, and I can go well these memories that I've got, I can now have with you. You know, you can know that this place that I've been talking about, you've now been there. We, we you've did seen that. It. Like, we, we went to Hawaii together. I'd been to Hawaii twice before and I said to Dane, we should go to Hawaii. And then we went to Hawaii. Yeah. And what was really cool happy. about that was um, Brooke had always talked about to Hawaii. And so, you know, I, I'd never been. I could go. I enjoyed myself. But also, too, it's, you know, the surfing capital of the world. So I could go bodyboarding there. So it was kind of too cool that I could sort of incorporate an interest I've always had independent of Brooke as well to share that experience. Yep. So, yeah, yeah that was and really And we cool. made two friends while we were over there and we're still friends with them today. Oh. And, like, even through yeah. the pandemic, like, we talked Video to Video chatted the shit out oh, of it. Oh, we, we <laughs> they called us up the other day because our power was out and, we're, like, they're talking us through how to open up the garage door without power and all that. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, like, the, just the coolest people, like, you know, like, they share their American life with us and we share our Australian life with them. And okay, so they're, they're in America. Yeah, 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 yeah. they're Americans, yeah. Um, in uh, Kansas City. Wow. Yeah, and it's so cool, like, because we teach them America, uh, we teach them Australian lingo and, like, we, we discuss things, you know, like, different ways of saying things because they're, like, why do you guys talk about thongs so much? Like, are you, do you have an <laughs> obsession with underwear? And we're like... <laughs> yeah. I wear under p- underwear on my feet. We even taught them the proper <laughs> way to say Aldi because they say Aldi and we're like, no, that's not how you say Aldi. Like even, even things like the 4th of July celebration last year, like, I mean, they take it to the next level as far as fireworks is concerned. And I remember getting this message from Joe going, man, can I video chat you? I really want to show you what I've done for fireworks. And he's got a, like a pool table in his basement, right, just with stuff that we'd only read about in books and see in movies just lined up. And then yeah. he goes, well, if he's a keen, we'll um, video chat you when I'm putting on the show. Because it was all computer controlled. Like oh, they were wow. putting on an actual show outside of his house. And... Um, it's just really cool. That was one cool thing about the pandemic that we reconnected with them, you know, because like they're the sort of people that if they lived in Australia or Newcastle, we'd probably be hanging out with them once a month. Yep. You know, like yep, yep, yep. definitely friends for life. So, I mean, we want to go back to America anyway, but it's kind of a more of a motivation to go back to America just because we think, well, we would have to go to Kansas City. We've got to see Brienne and Joe. You know, we need to hang out with them again now. We're actually closer, even though we haven't seen them in person since 2014. So, mm. yeah, no, it's, it's a, yeah, they're, they're great friends that we've got now. Magic. Well, this wraps us up, and I could talk for all night. This is really <laughs> fun. I really enjoyed doing I've this. I've got one little extra thing to add, if that's yeah, all right. go for it. Um, one thing I'd just like to add, being my age, is just how much the internet has actually had an impact on interests and things. Like, one thing with me with music, right, I'm into heavy metal. Yeah. For years, it was kind of hard because in high school, obviously, you have others that are into heavy metal as well. But that sort of school, as you know, all know, you know, your peers change. You f- end up being friends with people from work, university, parties, whatever. And what was difficult for me, I had no metal friends for a long time. I never stopped liking it, but it was sort of limiting what new music I was getting into. And then 
it's a genre of music which gets looked down upon from a lot of people. It's not liked from a lot of people. So, you know, I'd be that person at the party. I'd go to put my music on. Oh, God, no, no, don't put that shit on. Or, you know, you'd get through one or two songs before someone press it, turns it off. Yeah. Through um, the internet, through Facebook, essentially, groups, you know, I started meeting these other people, joining bands, and then, you know, through bands, you really become friends with other people. You join other Facebook groups of people you never met, but similar interests in music and whatnot. And I, I was just all of a sudden, it was just a reminder to me, say, over the last 10 years, that metal is very normal as long as you're with other similar-minded people. And just, I guess, for me, I'm thinking, well, imagine if the internet was around 25 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I know it was 25, say 30 years ago. Imagine if the internet and Facebook was around back then. Maybe how different um, or more evolved you know, my music and that might be if I was around similar-minded people for all that time. So I think that kids, teenagers these days are at a distinct advantage because they, whatever their interest is, they may not have peers into that as a teenager, as a child, as a young adult, but they've got the internet that can allow them to network with people to help reinforce, maybe encourage, um, help aspire. I know, I just think that that's a really significant thing that I see. Yeah, you are 100% correct. Uh, a lot of the people I know, uh, I've met a couple of good mates through the Transformers and only yep. because I've been in a group where we're talking about Transformers and then we just start chatting and then we ended up not even really talking about Transformers anymore because we're just talking about life. Yep, yep. I've got some Metallica club members that are mates now for mine as well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're spot on. And the, the internet makes things so much so much easier to access and you can find your niche and you can find your people. Yes, yes, that's spot on. Yeah. Well, I love you guys. I've loved chatting. Love you too, mate. Thank you so yeah, much for having me. Yeah, this has been really enjoyable. Yeah, it has been. Thanks for including us. No, well, like I said, like I love talking to people. I just want to hear these stories and the, the bridge between childhood love and adult love. Uh, it's important. It is important. I think there's a lot of things that we we forget about and we we put aside that really should be pushed to yep. the front and share the love. Yep, absolutely. All right. Once again, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you. Thank you for letting us talk to you. Well, I'll catch you guys later. See you, mate. Bye. <laughs>